here we go. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, welcome back to the E14 podcast season three. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we're E14. You know how we always joke that God loves our podcast. I think God loves our podcast. Yeah, well the devil's been trying to keep us down. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's 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 talk about you first. Okay, first of all. Uh, last weekend we were supposed to have our first episode and I was decorating for our going away and slipped off the chair, hit my head, got a concussion, um, very confused, very, uh, just off and dizzy. I was rocking on a boat for a good four or five days. Today's the first day that I've woken up and I haven't been on that boat. Um, but my body just felt like I was rocking, rocking, rocking. So super nauseous and awful. You know what the worst part about that was? What? I kind of felt bad because, you know, I was at Walmart. Yeah. I just got home and I was bringing groceries to the house. And I heard the chair fall from from inside. It was on the patio. And I looked out and you were doing like like you were doing sit-ups. I was like, well, you she, thought I just took a break. I thought you were just breaking down into a workout real quick. Yeah. So I was putting on decorations and you thought... For a quick second, I was like, well, she's broken into a workout section is uh session. That's kind of you would I can see you doing that. And then I saw, oh no, she's not working out. She mm-hmm. she's hurting. So I went and checked on it. Yeah, you had it bleeding and everything else. I know. Is that I'm not usually that clumsy. I've got pretty good legs. As far as like were they magic legs? <laughs> as far as like keeping my balance, I'm an athlete, you know. So that was a little stunned that I felt. Um, but I was talking on the phone. Yeah, I didn't know you were talking on the phone. Yeah, I was talking on the phone. I was putting up decorations. I was standing on the chair. A lot was happening. So that was pretty stupid. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about you then. Well, I was just minding my own business, going for a jog or a jog, mm-hmm. and I tripped <laughs> on nothing. No, it was an uneven pavement. Uneven pavement. But I was running though. I was going fast. I was moving. Yeah. I was trucking. I mean, old man fast. You, you, I mean, you compare yourself to a motorcycle road burn. Yeah, uh, just because I was going so fast when I hit the pavement, I got like road rash. Yeah. So nice. my knees jacked up. I had to get nine stitches in my arm. So the ER, we got the same doctor in the ER. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> so Jamie went on a Sunday and it was Dr. Talbert, I think his name was. Anyway. And his nurse Diane. And his nurse Diane. And then I show up and I'm cutting. They want to x-ray me just to make sure nothing was broken. So I'm coming out of the x-ray. I see Doc. I say, hey, Doc, how you doing? He goes, yeah, you look familiar. I was here Sunday with my wife. He goes, oh, what happened? <laughs> I was like, I was like, well, uh, I fell running and I cut my arm pretty bad. He goes, wow, y'all had one hell of a weekend or a week. He goes, don't worry, I'll fix you up in a minute. I'll be there in a minute to fix you up. Cool. Yeah. So needless <laughs> to say, season three it's been hard to get started. Yeah. <laughs> we're battling a lot of things here, but we're back. But we got one recorded. We did get one recorded um, with Tom. So you want to go ahead and talk about Oh, that? Tom Tom, and uh, his brother, Kurt, have a podcast called Half Hour Bros. Love their podcast, big fan. Mm-hmm. And we were... we were fortunate enough to have him on our show last week. And I'm sorry, guy, uh, sorry Tom, I haven't... We haven't... We've recorded it. Jamie's got it edited. We haven't released it due to our unforeseen circumstances ailments so this is it's going to actually we're going to after this we're going to actually play it yeah so um the new thing for season three is going to be segments 
and we have our introductory segment, which is this, and it won't usually be this long, but we just had to tell you our story because uh-uh, not today, Satan. Nope. No. Ain't stopping this thing. We are starting season three, um, and we're going to have segments now because all of the top shows have segments. And so we wanted, and oh, before we get going on the show, I wanted to tell everybody that we did have another podcast that we tried to get off the ground um, called uh, Sailor Swagger, which is our brand, LLC. Um, Sailor Swagger Cigars, Ports in the Seven Seas. And the still tales from the Seven Seas. <laughs> so we didn't get it going because we just have so much on our plate. Yeah. But we decided to incorporate that into E14 podcast. And it's going to be our final segment. So, well, can I be honest? It wasn't really us decided this. It was Jamie's idea. Well, I am you and you are me. Yeah, but I honestly, I was sitting on drinking beer and she said, hey, I got an idea. I was like, cool, what is it? Oh, it sounds good to me. Uh, can I finish my beer now? Okay. Well, regardless, <laughs> after the show, please stay tuned for the segment, Cigar Sports in the Seven Seas, because we're super excited about it. And we're just going to take pieces of maybe trivia, different individuals, maybe sailors that we want to highlight and just kind of give you some history, background. And uh, we're going to pour, we're going to pour something and, and do a little review for you. He's yeah. going to review a cigar because he loves those. And I'm going to smoke it here as I'm reviewing it, right? Not inside. Oh, that. okay. Damn. But uh, he's going to give you a little cigar review and it, it'll be a short segment, but we just want Because I don't know shit about cigars. I just like smoking them. <laughs> Yeah, any alcohol is good, right? Oh, uh, any, it's good. This is good. good. It's good. This it's good. good. I see, and he knows. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he, Ian from Why Whiskey Podcast has sent us several whiskeys, and every one of them was good. That's uh, all good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so talking about the half hour, bros, this is a really great show, and we're hoping that. Um, I still know, ain't got my hoodie yet, though. Oh, yeah. I saw, I heard y'all's show where you said it was mailed. On June 3rd, but I'm still waiting on it. Still waiting on it. Now we're on June, whatever it was. June 19th. 19th. That's a slow mail process from Georgia. (laughs) 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 Anyway, uh, please enjoy the show with Tom from the Half Hour Bros podcast. And stay tuned for the segment at the end Cigars, Ports, and the Seven Seas. Booyah! Booyah! How long have you been in the Navy? Oh, me blow me life. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. We have 40 years of naval service. And each week we discuss a potpourri of topics, which we like to call smoke pit topics. These are real world topics that concern us, our marriage, and our Navy with a sailor twist. So join us each week as we dive into the deep end. Booyah! Today with us, we have... We have Tom from the Half Hour Bros podcast. Welcome, Tom. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me in. Uh, Our pleasure, man. Thanks for being out here with us. Yeah. Before we get started, let me do a quick disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of our own and not the United States Navy or the United States Army or our respective command. You know what that means? We're going to take this into season three. Go ahead. (laughs) You can take it or leave it. 
It's my, it's my shit. We were Tom. supposed to leave that in the past seasons. No, I'm keeping it. I got a shirt that says it, so I'm keeping that shit. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Tom, man, thanks for joining us. Man, tell us a little about yourself, brother. Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, again, thanks for having me on. Um, my name's Tom. I, I, I do a little show with my brother, uh, Half Hour Bros Podcast. Thanks so much for. Uh, uh, plugging that out there. Um, just a show with me and my brother, really just um, shooting the breeze, talking about life, uh, kind of what's going on. Uh, we review some different, you know, beers and alcoholic drinks, uh, review some movies and just talk about life and usually get an argument and, you know, hijinks ensue and all that kind of stuff. So we have a good time, though. They definitely go check it out. Yeah, it's a great show. I, I recommend that. And like I said, for our, our, our sailor Listeners out there, it's just like being on the ship or being on deployment and talking shit when you don't have nothing else to do because that's what they do. And it's it warms my heart to hear brotherly love talking shit like that the military. That is the highest form of respect. And when Heath, Heath hears other shit talkers, that is like <laughs> literally his like he his ears perk up. He's fangirling right now because he's such I'm a, a fan. big fan of y'all's show. Oh, and, well, I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, you got to hear him. They, all they do is talk shit. we're we're gonna have our parents on one day and you guys are gonna see the genesis of all the shit talking because it just really comes from growing up with them and uh (laughs) i mean they they kept it loose around the house and we always just did too i mean really the only thing missing on the show when we're uh you know shooting the breeze is just a deck of cards or some dominoes or something right you know it feels like you're just hanging out back you know uh just on your front porch or something definitely i I picture this i picture where do y'all record at uh, we recorded at my brother's house, Kurt's house. Oh, yeah, Kurt's house. So I picture you showing up to record and Kurt's still in his freaking bathrobe, freaking <laughs> just coming off a drunken stupor. Hey, or support, yeah. oh, I guess. Whatever. Yeah, he, picture picture the dude from the Big Lebowski. That's kind of what he looks like <laughs> when you show up. Um, you know, he's just, he, he's not here for a long time. He's just here for a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Right. And I like it when you guys are doing Jeopardy or something and he, he's losing. He gets all butthurt. He still thinks I rigged that last game. Um, <laughs> you guys out there will have to go check it out if you hadn't heard it yet. Oh, I but, heard it, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if your listeners haven't yet, check that out. Him and him and I uh, doing Jeopardy is is pretty uh, is pretty funny. It's pretty good. Is that something y'all did growing up? Watch a lot of Jeopardy oh, on TV. Gosh, man, you know, Wheel of Fortune to be on or something, or you know, Jeopardy at night. Um, and he kind of fancies himself a little bit of a pop trivia guru, but. Uh, you know, I smoke his ass pretty regularly. Yeah, so. You held your own, man. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, well, he, he did good. I he gave him really fucking good. lollipop uh, questions, though, and he came at me with the heat, and I still won. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Have you watched his damn car yet? No, hell no. And I'm not, I'm <laughs> look, we haven't, we haven't still figured out the bet yet because he thinks I'm taking it in one of these places that's going to be like $400 where they fully detail your vehicle. And I'm like, dude, I'm going to run it through one of these auto places over here. I don't know. <laughs> What, what he's talking about? You, Express you drive, we wash. Have you ever you've seen those old ones at the beach where it's like water yeah. hoses connected and you drive That's forward right. and backward? That's great. That's awesome. So you know, you have we have something in common. We're both uh, we're all veterans here, right? You were just some army time. Yes, sir. Uh, you know the bell rang on nine eleven, and yeah. uh, I'm happy to say I answered it. You know, I, I had a couple of buddies that you know uh, went in around the same time. Um, and yeah, yeah, just, uh, you know, I was 19 year old, uh, you know, my first year of college, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life or anything. So, um, I saw nine 11 and was like, you know, this is one of those moments where it's like, you know, go do something about it. Like that was a terrible, tragic event. Yeah. 
So um, me and many other uh, brave service members took the, uh, you know, raised their hands and took the oath. And um, it's something I take very seriously. And I just wish that the government would take care of uh, treating its veterans as seriously as the yeah. veterans take serving their country. Um, I think that's really what's kind of fallen short a lot uh, for right. vets. Right. I think uh, I like to say it's getting better. I think and depending on where you're at, it is getting better. I've heard good stories and bad stories about these uh, vets. A lot of army vets we, we talked mm-hmm. to during that uh, to hell with the stigma mm-hmm. uh, series we did on mental health. And I know you're a proponent of mental health. I've heard you mentioned a couple of times in, in y'all's Absolutely. podcast and some, like if I go, if we talk to Texas boys that served in the army or military, they have a lot of good things to say about the VA other people from somewhere else, not so good. It, I guess it depends on where you're at. Yeah. I think if you're close to a big installation, I'm guessing those are like Fort hood guys, you know? Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're close to a big installation, I think you do get a lot of support. Um, you kind of start to go out of your way to get it. Um, yeah. out here in Georgia, uh, you know, we got forts obviously in Savannah, but, um, we have a big VA center in Dublin, oh, wow. uh, Georgia, which is okay. kind of in between Macon to Savannah. I don't know how familiar you guys are with Georgia. A little bit. Uh, you take 16 down, you, you run into Dublin, and it's the biggest VA hospital, um, you know, in this area. Right. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, they do, I guess they do an okay job. Maybe it just depends on who you go and see. But then again, you, you, you see stories about guys blowing their brains out in the parking lot of that right. hospital. Right. Right. So, true. you know, yeah. I don't know. But you never know what people are going through. Sometimes them demons get big, though, you know. Mm-hmm. Big, very big. Yeah. They hold on tight. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your experience. How long did you do? Where'd you go? Oh yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, right after nine 11 joined, uh, went to uh, Fort Benning where they had a new program where, uh, I guess they had so many people enlist. Um, they did a new program there for, uh, they combined your basic and your airborne back to back. Wow. So I went to basic training at Fort Benning, um, and, uh, 2002, um, did airborne right after, and then they shipped me off to uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona. I did my advanced training uh, at Fort Huachuca in military intelligence. Uh, and then after that, got sent straight to the 519th in my battalion, uh, attached to the 82nd Airborne uh, in Fort Bragg. Um, did probably about two years there, including my first deployment. Uh, we rolled over in 03 with the evasion um, to Iraq. That didn't last long, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once that was over, they were looking for people uh, to go to Afghanistan. So I volunteered to go do that. Did 18 months there. Um, then came home and just, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know what to do. Bounced around a little bit um, to some different bases. Uh, uh, Fort Campbell, went to Hawaii for a little bit. Uh, did a couple different schools. And uh, it was getting time to get out. And I asked them, um, you know, if they'd uh, recommend me to go to warrant officer school. I wanted to fly helicopters for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And uh, and that, everything was set up. Paperwork was ready to go. And then they told me I had to go do two years in Korea first. And so I got out. I, you know, I had met my future wife at the time um, and was not really looking to you know, go anywhere else or do any of the other kind of stuff. So um, that was basically the end. It was uh, eight years total. Okay. A uh, couple deployments, and then actually went back over as a civilian. Funny enough, to Iraq um, for almost eighteen months. Um, that was in '09. Yeah, it was in right at no, it was ten, ten and eleven. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just uh, kind of a crazy story. And now I work for uh, you know just some regular company, working in the IT department. You know, okay, just being a regular civilian. 
regular civilian with a with a wild story. I mean, yeah, that's a lot uh, yeah. of in eight years that you accomplish. Definitely, wow. definitely. That's awesome, man. That, you know, listen to your show, you would never know all that. Because, you know, in the show, you're you're in the Army. You know, you're at one time, what, your clothes were thrown on a tree outside your barracks room or something oh, like God, that. Oh, yeah, God, uh, yeah. That was in yeah. Arizona. Yeah, that was uh, Fort Huachuca. That was fun. Yeah, I remember what I remember you telling me telling the story about that to you uh, when you and your brother were on, and uh, so you don't really don't know until you ask like what the details about your experience in the in the army, and that sounds like you had a lot of experiences. Yeah, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I probably would have stayed in. I mean, I look at it now and I'm like, wow, it's 2021. I mean, that's 20 years if I would have stayed in, you know. Yeah. Um, right. But you know, I enjoyed it. I don't I don't have any regrets. Um, you know, and I and I think you guys probably run into this too. You know, the ones that don't really talk about it a lot are the ones that, you know, aren't kind of BSing you. Right. Mm -hmm. I've run into so many guys that have a million stories that you don't really even ask them for any of them. And kind of makes me wonder about the validity of it sometimes. But, um, you know, I think the, the, I, I, you know, I reveal little things here and there that, you know, when, when somebody asks me, but I'm not usually one to volunteer that information. Right. Right. It's like the real badasses you don't. Like the, they say that about no. the Navy SEALs, you know, the oh, ones, yeah. the the young ones that haven't been on their deployment. Oh, I'm a SEAL. I'm a SEAL. But the older right. ones that have been through the shit, they don't, you wouldn't even know they're a Navy SEAL. You know, now they're sitting next to you in the mess hall. You have no idea. And that goes with the Rangers or anybody in the special force. Oh, yeah. I met Rangers on, on the ship. They used to come on, on a ship with us and a uh, great bunch of guys, super humble and just, you know, proud to serve the country. Uh, mm -hmm. it's like you did, you know, um, but what, what you and Kurt, what decided you, when did y'all start to the podcast and what sparked that? Well, it's funny enough. Um, this kind of ties in, I was looking at your Twitter page, uh, recently and I saw that you shared something about a wrestling podcast. Are you a wrestling fan? Um, yes, it's my guilty pleasure. Hey, no, no, look. Hey, I saw I saw a gif of Britt Baker, the AEW women's champ. Yeah. And I was like, wow, damn, I, we got more in common than uh than I thought. But <laughs> but I, I say that because my brother-in-law, um, him and a buddy uh of his were wanting to do a wrestling podcast. Oh, and cool. we always thought we had a little group chat. We talk about wrestling, we watch AEW, and we, you know, we text about it and stuff. And uh, you know, I was talking to Curtis about it, and it was getting kind of serious and he goes, well, you know, you and me could do a podcast. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know who would listen to it, but yeah, I mean, we could, you know, get a couple of mics and, and, and be idiots for, you know, a little bit of time on, on a podcast, but he, yeah, it just, uh, it just kind of happened from there. And, you know, the other podcast didn't really get off the ground. It's still an idea possibly. Right. I don't, I don't know if it'll happen one day or not, but you know, here we are. Um, geez, it's been over a year. We got, Almost wow. seventy episodes. We're getting pretty close, and holy shit, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. We've had we've had a blast. It's been great, and you know, with COVID and everything, it yeah. was uh, just kind of a way to take our mind off all of that. If nothing else, I mean, I feel right. like it really just helped me mentally get you know wrap my mind around COVID or just be able to help process a lot of the things that are going on in the world. Yeah, and who would better do it with than your brother? You know. Yeah, I mean, it's you okay. Know? You know, I have to carry. <laughs> I have to, I had to carry him a lot, but it's all right. No, no, he, yeah, I know. I, 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 he talks junk, but he really does do a lot for that podcast, uh, for our podcast. He, he absolutely does, I'd say 90% of the heavy lifting as far as all the technical stuff. Right. I just try to make sure we got something funny to talk about for a half an hour and, right. you know, um, keep it interesting. And I like that it's a half an hour because that's a, that's a commute, you know, yeah. that's mm -hmm. interesting. 
you know, I love it because I can listen to y'all's show and be at work and, you know, and, you know, listen to something else on the way back. I can mm-hmm. catch up with y'all stuff really easily. Yeah. And that's kind of what we thought at the beginning with, uh, you know, do you want to do an hour? Do you want to just not put a time limit on it? You know, I told him, you know, when I was commuting to office, we still haven't returned to the office yet. I've been working at home since, you know, in a March uh, 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I told him, I said, I really enjoy the podcast. I kind of keep a pretty tight time limit for the same reason. You know, you're riding down the road, something fun to listen to when you get into the office. You don't want to be, you know, hanging on the last 10 or 15 minutes or something. Right. Um, or whatever. But yeah, yeah we kind of kept that in mind. I got a question for you. Did you listen to podcasts before you started your podcast? Oh, yeah. I love podcasts. Yeah, uh, I didn't. Oh, really? Okay. Never, no, never. We even. didn't even know what what we were really getting into. That was that's okay. what's funny about it. Yeah, I had no clue. Well, like you know the little Apple podcast. You have an oh, yeah. iPhone. Like, I didn't mm-hmm. know what the hell that was until I started a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was a purple button. Yeah, yeah. was that purple? Button? You you probably tried to delete it when you first got your phone. I probably. Yeah, I think should. I might have a couple times. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I, I, I mean. Really, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Tom, oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, you know, I felt like I knew about podcasts from listening to them, but you guys can attest to this. When you get into it, you find out quickly, you're like, damn, this is, there's layers to this, there's levels, you know. Absolutely. Uh, even yes. the equipment and all that stuff, just trying to be creative and think of things that people would want to listen to or talk about. or, um, But it's fun, though. I think it's a kind of a creative outlet. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's great, but you got to be always on your toes trying you to keep up with ideas. And that's, it's kind of stressful, right? I mean, a little bit. It can be. I yeah. can, it can be. You know, uh, for anybody who's been in the military, though, it's so funny because, you know, what somebody else equates to stress, you know, you we might just kind of shrug our shoulders a little bit. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, I try not to break this card out at work all the time, but we'll be in a meeting or something and something will go bad. I don't know. Somebody's PowerPoint presentation crashed or some shit. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, it's really not a problem. Okay. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're pinned, when, right. When you're pinned down somewhere, you know, uh, under sniper fire or something, Yeah. you know, and uh, you're in the middle of nowhere. That, that might be a little bit more of a problem, you know, but right. uh, it's all about perspective. I get it. So it is like, I know uh, I, I work in the IT field myself, right. In the, oh, nice. in the Navy, in the Navy, in six, uh, which I think in the army would be Essex. Oh yeah. Um, uh, so we, I work for Naval Special Warfare and, oh my goodness, you know, always with the BTCs and crap, right? And, you know, we're stressing <laughs> yeah. that BTC, damn it, I, you know, because we got old equipment. We're trying to get it updated, but you know how that goes. That's video, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. video yeah. conference for yeah. our listeners. Yeah, video yeah. teleconference. You yeah. got video and audio, right? Mm-hmm. And the, you think it's the end of the world that shit don't come up when they want it to. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like, you guys have been through hell, a lot of y'all. Navy SEAL, yeah. NSW, this really ain't that big a deal. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, you know how the military is. They're 10 years behind everything when it comes to technology or whatever else. I mean, it really is. is. It'll, it'll work. It's amazing that anything in the military even really works (laughs) like it's supposed to. So, you know, people's getting mad about that. I just, I I just kind of laugh like, okay, definitely. Yeah. So you guys started in 2020 around COVID, right? Yeah. Yeah. The first episode was called uh, coronavirus with Lyme. That's right. Like that's, right. At the time. that's right. Yep. Hey, that's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, we started uh, not till 2021. Yeah. Okay. January, January. after the first of the year. So Jamie did some stuff with uh, uh, actually another military kind of podcast on Facebook. It was called Out of the Uniform with the Savage Squad. So mm-hmm. they're a bunch of Navy recruiters. 
highlighting military, any branch that do that, that can do other things besides military, like outside the uniform, whether they're good at it, whether they're comedians, comedians artists, entrepreneurs yeah. of any type. That's cool. So I started watching that. And I was like, holy shit, this is cool. And this was back in COVID. That about the same time y'all started, probably. When did y'all start? May? Yeah, we started um, I think June. June of 20. Yeah. So um, yeah, so so they they were like, I mean, that was like really a good idea and it was new. And I was like, man, this is really cool. And I admired it. That's the only podcast I'd watch. I would go outside, get drunk, and smoke a cigar while they were there on you go. and mm-hmm. watch it on my iPhone. <laughs> and I was like, man, I could do this. But I never thought about it until Jamie goes, Hey, you want to do a podcast? And at the time, I, I mentioned this before. I was tired of turning on the damn TV and seeing nothing but bullshit. Oh, yeah. It's I got burnt out. I got tired of seeing all the politics, all the hate. I just put me in a bad mood. So I started feeling the feeling it, right? Mm-hmm. And so we did this. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've turned around. I mean, yeah, I, I don't care what the hell's happening out there because there's nothing I can do about it. So it it's have, amazing how something like that can, you know, you wouldn't even think about it. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, this, the podcast that he and I do, I mean, we've, we've always been pretty close. I mean, we have an age gap. That's kind of one of the dynamics yep. of the show, you know, yep. for anybody who doesn't know, it's, uh, he, I'm eight years older than him. Yep. So it's almost like we're from completely different generations, yep. it feels oh, yeah. like sometimes. Um, but, you know, that's kind of what makes it interesting. And, uh, we've always been pretty close, but I was out of the house pretty young. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's there's still times where I feel like, oh, you know, I kind of I think I learned something new about my brother today that I didn't really know. And, um, you know, he reminds me constantly how old I am. So that's always right. Fun. I see but, that. Uh, I see that a lot. <laughs> I hear that. <laughs> yeah. I, but it's you know, it's part of the show. And I used yeah. to be the young guy kind of calling the old guys old. So it's good. It's all good. You know, uh, I, I relate because. Our, our sons are almost seven years apart okay. and it's night and day. They fight like, oh my goodness, is um, constant because <laughs> one's 17, one's 10. Oh boy. And, uh, oh, it's, it's something else. And, you know, I give, y'all give, give each other shit or Kirk gives you shit by being old. Dude, I'm like 10 years older than you almost. <laughs> so that <laughs> well, makes me like, feel better. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm like, I, I'm, I just turned 45. You just turned 37, correct? 39. Oh, 39. Okay. We're a lot, we're closer. Yeah, we're closer. Big yeah. ones next year, man. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm like, damn. What if I was if I talked to him, he'd think I was ancient because <laughs> you know I've been in Navy 25 years. Yeah. So, uh, oh, well, see, most of the people I know are are you know my age, around my age, a little bit, yeah. maybe a little younger, you know, a couple years. Right. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I, he, I have to ask him sometimes about some of this stuff because uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm starting to feel like my dad. <laughs> Sometimes or like, can you explain this to me of like, what is this? What does it mean? Like we got in this whole argument about a rapper one time that I had never heard of and he died. I had literally never heard of this guy and he couldn't believe it. He could not believe that I had never heard of this particular artist. But I think I know who you're talking about. I think he was from around these neck of the woods, New Orleans. Uh, Uh, Same guy. Mac Miller? Nah, maybe not. Maybe not. Because there was a guy that rapper that died recently from this neck of the woods. I didn't know. Oh, okay. There's yeah. some letters and numbers. Yeah, so, letters and numbers. So my DMX? Yeah. No, not, not DMX. DMX. I knew who DMX was. Yeah, that, that's from the nine nine in the two thousands. We yeah, know DMX. I know DMX. It's from the nine nine of the two. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Party like so, it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. So Jamie joined in 05, right? I did. Yes, in two thousand five. She was an air traffic controller. You ever dealt with those people? Detail oriented. <laughs> I like it though. To make my plane land. I don't want to. Yeah, prima fly dime. into another plane. We're not, but we're not prima donnas. donnas. We just, I mean, we don't do any maintenance 
as far as our equipment goes. And Heath is the person that fixes the equipment. So when it's broken, we just want it fixed. That's it. But it's usually broken because they drop coffee or monsters in it or something. That's the reason. Damn, that sounds like, that sounds like a that sounds like a pilot to me. <laughs> yeah, um, same thing. Be, same thing. Because uh, funny enough that wanted to go be a helicopter pilot. Part of the reason I wanted to do that was because we had a guy who uh, he uh, crossed over into uh, RMOS in the army. He was a war he was already a warrant officer and he was a helicopter pilot. And he would tell me some of the funniest stories about uh because he used to be a crew chief and then he got his commission and became a pilot. And he said like his head crew, the head crew chief, you know, uh would come out and be talking about something with his helicopter, be like, hey, be careful doing this or be careful. He'd be like, hey man, just fix my helicopter, okay? That's your job. My job's to fly it. Your job's to fix it. And I used to do your job. So now you go do your job and I go do my job. Yeah, but uh <laughs> yeah, just fix it. I don't want to have this whole conversation. <laughs> Dude, that Warren Austin program is a good deal. I remember them advertising the hell out of it in the Man, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a sweet gig. I'd have definitely stayed in if I could have uh, picked up Warren Officer. They it's were, CW three. You make the same thing as like uh, like a lieutenant uh, colonel. Like, okay, you, you get paid. Wow. Warren yeah. officers get paid. Yeah, because they were going from E five in the Navy to to green blue to green program. They called it go from Navy blue mm -hmm. to Warren Officer Army green. Right. And, uh, I mean, I thought I intrigued me. I thought it was pretty cool. I can go from a junior enlisted guy to a, to a warrant officer and the Navy, a warrant officer is a big deal. You can't be in the Navy. You got to be an E7 to go warrant. You yeah. Well, that's where the army got the whole idea of warrant officers from. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. So I was hitting up Kurt the other day. I know mm -hmm. I told him, I told him, I, I listened to y'all's last show and I told him it was good. Good job on it. He was like, man, we hit that ceiling. Yeah. We're, we're plateauing a little bit. Feel you, man. You get there, you think, oh, I'm doing it. And then all of a sudden, it's kind of almost stagnant for a certain time. Is that where y'all at right now? Yeah, we've we've gotten to where our numbers just kept steady climbing. And then we had one month where they didn't climb as much, but they were still up. Right. And then we had another month where it was pretty flat. And we've just been stuck in this flat zone. Um, we even dipped a little bit one month. We were able to come back the next month. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and I think, I don't know if it's just advertising. I, I, I don't know if I want to buy ads or not, but, yeah. you know, he and I have been kind of going back and forth on it. Um, and I still feel like at the end of the day, word of mouth still is king for getting people to, yeah. to listen. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe not so much. What do you think, Jamie? I know that. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I think, you know, with COVID, it shot everybody's numbers up because everybody was home and everybody was, you know, sitting at home and doing popping up podcasts left and right. And so it was new and exciting. And then you had your loyal people that, that carried through. And now that things are opening back up and live bands are starting and all of this podcasting is kind of going I, w I won't say to the wayside because people still avidly listen, runners, uh, people that commute and that sort of stuff. But I would say with the as the number of podcasters that we have today and then, you know, the the every country opening up, I think we all see we'll see some numbers slip, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, I think it may just be a, a matter of you're going to have a, probably a bunch of shows stop once yeah. they've seen that the numbers aren't really moving. And I think it may be just a battle of attrition, you know, hopefully just hang in there long enough. And, you know, I, anybody who's looked at podcasts, you had to kind of feel like the bubble was going to burst yeah. Um, yeah. eventually. And that's probably what we're kind of experiencing right now a little bit. Um, but I think if you just stay in and keep chugging along and, 
if you keep delivering a show when you say you'll deliver a show, um, you know, I think the people will be there and, and they'll, and they'll come back around, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of funny. That's, it's a pretty good point about COVID though. It makes a lot of sense. You know, it's funny too. I'm not funny, I guess, but good about y'all show is that you two are brothers, whether you're doing the podcast or not, you're still going to have that relationship. And, and so you still have fun talking and we're married and we're husband and wife and whether anybody listens or not, we're having fun talking. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, who cares? That's true. Yeah. I mean, and you know, what, you know, getting to hang out with them once a week and, 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 you know, do the show and we, you know, we do a little, little pre-meeting before the show and stuff and just hanging out and, you know, it, it's nice. My life's a lot more hectic than his is, um, you know, with kids and yeah. uh, everything else. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, and we enjoy doing it. I, you know, I'm just hoping maybe uh, like, you know, some other, these other shows drop out and, you know, other people are looking for something right. to listen to. They come <laughs> right. scroll your way or my way. And then, you know, we pick up some of these, uh, Exactly, the stragglers. The flow hangs yeah. Right. So if you're listening and you are looking for a new yeah, podcast, yeah, it's us. <laughs> so uh, I know that you and you and Kurt jumped into some. Uh, he's highlighting a lot of people with this new this label he's working with. There's the rappers and the promoter. Do you, do you are you know anything about that? Yeah, he. You know that's Kurt for you though. He, yeah. he's he's going to get his fingers in a lot of pies. It feels like, um, you know. But hey, I say good for him. He's always been really interested in music, and he loves yeah. hip hop and stuff like that. Um, I think it's a good avenue. And, uh, you know, we're—I mean, we used to live kind of in the Atlanta area. Um, right. We're more in Middle Georgia now, but okay. I mean, it's a huge hip hop scene up there, and uh, I, I think it's pretty cool. Um, yeah, he's had yeah. some—he's had some pretty—he's had some pretty good interviews. Uh, he has. Lately. He has. No, he had the the, the rapper, the indie rapper or uh, independent mm-hmm. guy, and then that promoter. That was a couple yeah. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was good, and uh, I thought, wow, I didn't expect it. You know, I was looking for some shit talking with the brothers, but I got that, which well, I was happy. It was good too. You know, he, uh, <laughs> he's a, he's actually a pretty damn good interviewer, actually. You know, he's, he's not good. bad. He he's he doesn't think he is, but I keep telling him, like, dude, you're doing a great job. I mean, just you keep it loose, you keep it natural. It's like a conversation, yeah. and you know, people don't want somebody with a index card going, okay, you know, tell me about a time. You know, it's people don't want to listen to a job interview. They want to listen to two people, you know, hanging out and just having a conversation. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. And I know, I know I listened to y'all show and y'all talked about Kirk talked about how he, and I heard you talk about it too. Y'all had a script at first. You know, we did, we, we used to get real detailed. Well, I, I say I did, that was kind of my contribution is I'd write yeah. the outline um, every yeah. week. And I used to get very detailed cause I kind of am that kind of person. Right. Um, and I said, you know, I just, uh, I was like, I don't, this isn't, this isn't working. I was listening to some of the shows and I was like, you know, it feels too, it's too forced. It's not natural. It doesn't feel organic. Um, cause you know, he, he'd even say, you know, like, ah, oh, we need to get into it a little bit more. I'm like, I don't, I don't mind fighting on the show as long as it's, you know, natural. Cause yeah. if it's not, people are going to know and you're right. just going to, right. it's not going to feel authentic. And, um, I think we're pretty good at fighting on the show now. So that's no, good. That's legit. I mean, he gets butter. <laughs> it's very quick. legit. Yeah. Oh yeah. He gets so spun up. I love it. So has there ever been a time where y'all finish recording and then not talk to each other for a couple of days? <laughs> no, we try to, we try to make sure, you know, we leave it on good terms. Um, we don't ever get to, I'm, yeah, I would say there's been, we've had a couple blow up fights outside of, you know, a podcast. 
where we were like, didn't talk to each other for a little bit, but now on the show, we try to, you know, we might get into it. We'll be like, yeah, that was, that was, that was fun. You know, or we'll, you know, we'll crack a little joke or we'll, we'll drink a beer or something afterwards and everything's good. Uh, you know, we can be a little sensitive sometimes. I think we're just getting older and it's just not as, you know, when you're younger and you're all like, man, you ain't going to say that about me. You know, you're going to get all puffed up and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. um, Plus, it's just, uh, I think, you know, it's just, it's just fun at this point. It's more fun than it is uh, getting personal and stuff. But mm-hmm. I still make sure to get some some deep ribs on them though, every once in a while. <laughs> some jabs. Yeah, you got to keep them honest, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. You know, I was a scripted type person when we first started. Yes. Oh, man. I was like, it's got to be like this. And then I noticed that. And then he would be like reading the the notes on the on the table. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you, you've got to stop reading the notes because you're not even listening to what they're saying. I got that. <laughs> like I was so worried about the script. I wasn't hearing what the daggum guy was your guy was saying. And then it screwed me up. So what I do now, I might write an outline, but I might just yep. glance at it real quick. And if I don't do it, I don't do it. If they answer the question that's in the outline, they used to freak me out. Damn, they answered the question I was going to ask. Well, so what? Hey, oh. like, Crickets, what? Crickets, so what? I just start mouth breathing. Crickets. Oh yeah, that's a that is a lonely feeling. I mean, on the first few episodes, I can remember. Uh, <laughs> I would have thought I had enough for thirty minutes, and I'd be like looking at him, like doing the like, "What time is it, Redder?" He's like ten minutes, you know, and I'm like ten minutes. Holy shit! It's like a twenty more minutes to fill. Yeah, so we had a couple of, of episodes at the beginning where we're like, "Okay, we got to like." A rough outline, give me some bullet points, keep the, you know, keep it on track. We try to segment the show a little bit, but, uh, you know, it was a good point about missing stuff because I noticed that too. You know, if I'm sitting there reading off this paper, I missed things in the conversation that we were having, little, little things I could have picked up on or explored or avenues you could have went down or something like that. And, you know, you just don't get that when you're reading off a sheet of paper. So. Definitely. So the, the segments you mentioned the segments because I did have a question about this. And when did y'all start doing those segments? And how did y'all come up with that idea? Because that's like super professional. You know what I mean? It, it takes you to that next level. Yeah, it's we we kind of naturally found that throughout an episode we'd have enough time for really maybe three or four segments worth of whatever. Um, we try not to limit it, but you know try to keep each segment, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 minutes or something. Um, but, you know, we got, I, I kind of, we, we had a meeting, I think it was after the first year. It was after uh, the end of 2020. We were talking about the show and I was like, man, maybe we should, maybe we should focus on something one week. We focus on something the next week. We just kind of go back and forth and, you know, we'll do a beer review one week. We'll do a movie review the next week. We'll do, you know, we talked about some of the things that we've done on the show um, that we had fun with or, or that we got good reaction response from. Um, and then Kurt went from there and he created all the drops and everything that you hear on the show. So he's pretty talented with, uh, with all that kind of stuff. Um, and we're kind of in a little bit of a transition now because with the numbers being what they are, I was thinking, you know, maybe we mix it up a little bit again, try to keep it fresh, mm-hmm. something like that. I think, you know, you don't want to get stale, um, no. Which right, with right. your show, I mean, you always got guests um, or, you know, you can get guests and stuff like that. It keeps it kind of fresh for you. It's tougher, I think, a little bit for us because, you know, I'm looking over at him. He's looking over at me and it's like, well, this is it. What are we going to do? Like, let's, let's let's figure out something to talk about or something to something to do. No, I like it because I remember last episode, I think you did last the one I listened to last Friday. You did the speed. 
review. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was good because it wasn't oh, super God. like it wasn't super boring. It was entertaining because y'all y'all talked about y'all like how I brought Keanu Reeves back to when he first started. Like he talking yeah. about like the Matrix and all the other shows he did back in the day, Bill and Ted, and how he evolved. Like we're talking about Dennis Hopper being the lead guy and when that show best we did think in '94 Dennis Hopper was the shit. Oh yeah, dude. he got like I was saying, he got paid more than uh, Keanu Reeves did for that movie. And I guarantee anything. He was the he was the star. Well, you think about it, I don't remember that until you bring it up. I'm like you damn right. It takes me back a little bit, you know, to back. That's the year I graduated high school, so it takes me back okay. to when I was 17, Way 18 years old. Back. Long ass time ago, you know <laughs> what I'm saying, man. So '94. Yeah, I, I remember being young. Now I'm old as hell, but but that took me back to that time when Dennis Hopper. I was like, damn, Dennis Hopper's movie. We gotta go watch it. You would never say that so, now. No, no, he was so good in that movie. <laughs> he's too. dead now. Is he dead? I don't know. Is he dead? I just rewatched Entourage again the other day. And yeah, one of yeah. the episodes. That's right. I mean, that shit. That's just, That's who I'm wondering. Easy Rider. Easy Rider. No, don't know. Nope. See, this Man. is why I could never be on a cool show like pop culture or anything or play Jeopardy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he would be so mad. <laughs> Den- Dennis Hopper is just a, he's just a legend. Um, oh, yeah. Hoosiers? And then, uh, oh, the Hoosiers. Yeah, he was the, the, he was the alcoholic, uh, was the alcoholic father Alcohol- or whatever. The drunk yeah. father, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then, uh, um, well, I mean, of course, uh, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now was one of his first ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. He yeah, was a reporter in that movie. Yep. He was like embedded with that guy's uh, yeah. unit or whatever. I haven't seen that movie in for twenty years, but yeah, he was in he was in Apocalypse Now. He it's still weird. Flicks. Yeah, Dennis Hopper was uh, he was a name. They probably had to pull some strings to get him. Uh, Remember him? I mean, I saw. I tell you, what, I saw Waterworld the other day with Kevin Costner. God, you know what I'm talking about? Why did you watch that movie? That movie is. Dude, awesome. I like it. I like it. But Dennis Hopper's in there. Do you know it's funny? Kurt and I actually were talking. I don't know. Did that? Did we talk about that on the show that he was in Waterworld? So. I don't think so. We were talking about the show. We were on the phone just talking, and uh, I told him about how he was in Waterworld, and he was just funny. He was just funny in that movie. Yeah, with the because you know he played golf or whatever. Yeah, he was that lunatic freaking bad guy. Yeah, he like yeah. lost his eye. Yeah, like, and well, I hope it doesn't affect my short game or something like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. little stuff like that that you could tell was totally improv. Yeah, you know he improv that line. Oh, he improv the hell out of it. Kevin yeah. Costner didn't write that shit in there. No, no, <laughs> hell no, <laughs> he didn't. I just lost power. Everybody with us, we just suffered a power loss and we recovered quickly thanks to this new high speed internet we got. It came back pretty quick. So uh, nice. nice. So Tom, we were talking about, you know, all the, the Dennis Hopper thing and all that. Oh, yeah. And and real quick, real quick yeah. time before we get going. I was, mm-hmm. I forgot about this. Gotta 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 pay respects to the Podgo. So please oh yeah. Stand by for a word from our sponsors. Well, we already stood by and the power went out. Yeah, we're doing it again. Okay. Prepare right. to stand by. Request permission to entertain the audience with a limerick. A limerick, you say? Entertain us, you shall. If you want to make money for your show. Get off your ass and search for Podgo, a simple way to make some cash and get a sponsor for your podcast. Apply online is all you do, then Podgo will reply in a week or two. Is it really that easy? Well, if I did it, then it must be so. Type P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. One more request, if it pleases, the vice. Okay, fine. Proceed if you will. For all who request a Podgo account, tell them E14 Podcast is how you found out. All right, back. Uh, thanks for coming back with us. Uh, we got Tom with us from Half Hour Bros. We uh c- coming off a 
power loss, but we're back. We're back now. And, uh, and guys, you need to check out this, this podcast with, uh, Tom and his brother, yeah. Kurt. I love it. It's a great deal. And especially military guys that, that done deployments, it would take you back to your deployment days for sure. Yep. Oh yeah. We, we'd love to have anybody in to listen. Uh, you know, uh, half hour bros at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email when you listen and, uh, add half hour bros pod on Twitter, if you want to give us a follow and, um, you know, I'll just say real quick, um, you know, with this being kind of a mental health podcast, um, you know, if there's anybody out there listening that feels like they don't have anybody to talk to, um, that's not true. If they can call me if they want, I'll, I'll pass my phone number along. Um, you guys share it with anybody who feels like they don't have anybody to talk to about what's going on, uh, veteran or not. Um, it's important that we all talk to each other and, and um, you know, just understand what's going on in each other's lives and, um, there's been people there for me when I was down, uh, to help me up. And if I can have the opportunity to help somebody else, um, you know, get back on their feet and, and, um, you know, help out in their life, even just a little bit, uh, I'm happy to do so. That's, that's so important. That's awesome. You know, we need to normalize. Uh, that's the only thing that's going to help other people really is speaking on it. And we need to normalize being able to speak on, speak about mental health and not, um, live in the darkness and you know keep it undercover or under wraps mm-hmm. i like how you say whether you're military or not because jamie read a statistic that 46 percent of americans 46 percent which is to deal with mental, mental health issues yeah it's uh it's tough i mean uh it's amazing um that it, it has the stigma that it does i mean shout out to y'all's uh uh your series uh, to hell with a stigma, um, you know, and honestly to hell with it. I just, there's nothing wrong with asking for help. No, there's, right. there's nothing wrong with that. I, I get it, man. I get it. People thinking that. Cause I thought that way for a long time, man. I thought that way for a long yeah. time. Uh, like, dude, I went through that shit. Why is he having so much? Mm-hmm. She having so many issues. I, I mean, yeah. I did that shit 10 times, but you know what? To hell with that because I've, I've dealt with shit since then. That's, mm-hmm. that's jacked me up and I need, yeah. I needed help. Yeah, I think it's a good point about the because I used to do that. I used to see somebody struggling and say, "Well, I don't understand why you're struggling. What you, what it looks like you're going through, to me appears to be very easy, and I don't see what the problem is." But until you really realize, well, it's not about me. It's about right. that person, and it's right. about what they're right. going through. Then you're able to, you know, separate yourself from it because, um, you know, they're going through it, not you. And right. They're the ones exactly. having troubles, not you. So, and, and nobody knows what underlying conditions I got going on. Maybe they have a, a sick mom or a sick husband, sick kid that that's just compounding mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, just, they need help. And the doc that we had a doc on our last ser- our episode of the series, and he broke it down Barney style, as we say, to, to, to yeah. in layman's terms. So we understood it. You don't know. Right. You don't well, know what that trigger is. You don't. And then unfortunately we have to, we have to reprogram a lot of these military folks because I don't, I don't know what your experience was like coming home, but I can tell you for me, um, I had just turned 21 or shortly, shortly before I turned 21, we're coming home to a big welcome, you know, big welcoming thing. They make you go through all these stations, right? Before mm-hmm. you're done, before you can go see your family. And one of these stations is where supposedly it's a psychologist or psychiatrist or something. And they ask you, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And it's like the last station that's basically between you and seeing your family. Yep. Who you haven't mm-hmm. seen in almost two years. And you're like, you know what? I'm fine. 
I yeah, don't care. Definitely, definitely. I want to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. You know? And then later, you know, a couple months down the road and you go back to the VA and you're like, well, you know, I'm having some problems. Well, you weren't having problems two months ago when you got home. That is well, dude, you, Yeah. You know, you're standing between me and my family. Um, I would have told them anything at that point um, right. to get through that. And I just, uh, I think slowly but surely the VA, the government and all that is hopefully headed in the right direction. But we've talked uh, about until then before. we have to take care of each other. Yeah. We We've talked, talked about, that. about that. And I, I personally believe that, you know, as you get ready to come off of your deployment and you do all your medical and all of that stuff that you have to do, that part should po probably be a month after or two months after, you know, yeah. um, because a lot of veterans that you're not the only one I've did it. He's done it. We, we just want to get home. And it's like, nope, my, my hearing was going out. I was showing signs of PTSD, all of this stuff. And I was just like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Let me, let me go home. Yeah. I, keep me here. I mean, if they would have told me I had to dress up in like a ballerina tutu and dance around uh, whatever little gymnasium, or whatever we were at, I would have done it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't yeah, even yeah. care. But you know, it's just <laughs> because we had a guy in our unit. I wasn't, I wasn't really uh, good friends with him. Um, he was in a different platoon, but he got home and a guy had been living at his house for the last year that he paid for with oh, his girlfriend getting mail uh, delivered there. And this guy, uh, he took his own life yeah, because wow. he felt like he didn't have anybody to talk to. And this whole world was over as far as yeah. he was concerned. You hear um, stories about that too. People it's just going crazy over that. Yeah, yeah. It's just terrible. You know, and yeah. to your point, if somebody would have reached out to him a month or two months after coming home, they probably would have been able to save that guy's life. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. You right. Know? You can't, you can't say, are you good? And then wash your hands. And then they, when they ask no. for help, Oh, you were good two months ago. What the, what the hell is wrong now? You need, you, know, you, you need some VA money now. Yeah. You know, or exactly. Whatever. Oh, you're yeah. just trying to get an extra 10% on your disability or something like, right. no, right. like, you know, like it's, yeah, it's terrible, but the podcast you guys are doing is great. I really appreciate it personally. Um, I hope you guys keep doing it and I, I really enjoy it. So no, no, we're going to keep doing it. I hope you keep doing yours. Cause I'm going to keep listening as long as you're doing it. Definitely, man. You know, we, we need to have you on with it. We'll bust your balls on the show. Yeah, I love we'll get it. You yeah, in get there Kurt we'll, in there. Yeah, you tell a couple good war stories, man. I don't know if I Kurt's a good freaking he can slam pretty good though. He's pretty good at talking shit. I don't know if I can yeah. take him. So he, can, he I, can, see this. can I just tell you this before we close out, Tom? Because sure. uh this is how Heath got me, right? He said, I'm really good at cracking jokes. So I was trying to figure out how to talk to him or what to say. And so I was like, Hey, have you heard any good jokes lately? And he was like, No, have you? And I'm like, well, You said you were good at cracking jokes. <laughs> I meant I'm good at talking shit, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's it's not, all situational. Like, yeah, I could, that's you exactly. Know, I you could, get it. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. write like a 30 minute stand up set or anything. But if we were all <laughs> sitting around, I promise you I could find something to make you laugh about. I mean, he could have come up, come across with knock, knock, or why the chicken. No, hey, no, I haven't heard any of you. I'm still married to her though. So I must something worked out. I mean, look, and you're laughing about it now. So you know yeah, what mission exactly. accomplished. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what, uh, Tom, thank you so much for coming on, man. Uh, you've been awesome, dude. I love your show. Keep it up. Don't stop. Uh, you already paid for the equipment, dude. So you might as well use it. Hey, we're invested, right? Let's go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, we're going to wrap it up. Thanks again for Tom. Hit your plugs again, Tom, one quick before we let, let you go. Yeah, man. Thanks again. Um, Half Hour Bros podcast. You can find us on you know, anywhere you can stream podcasts. Um, Halfhourbros uh, at gmail.com. Hit us up, let us know what you think about the show and at Half Hour Bros 
pod on Twitter. Chris says, Chris says we're going to get a TikTok, but I don't know, man. I may be too I'm wait, old. I'm that. waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. To. We have. Do you think so? I we like watching more. TikTok. I don't know about making TikToks, but we'll see. <laughs> well, hey, hang out for a minute after the show. I'd like to uh, say thanks uh, real quick after yeah, we're done. No problem. Thanks again, guys. Yep. How's it going? Hey, now we're getting into some real sailor shit. Sailor shit. <laughs> Pure discretion. Or no, listener discretion. <laughs> yeah, we don't view you don't view too much. <laughs> so welcome to our first uh, episode of season three with our new segment. And it's called Cigars, Ports, and the Seven Seas. The Seven Seas. Hey, man, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's up? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? Are you going to ask it a third? What do you do with the drunken sailor early in the morning? You get him back to the ship so that you can <laughs> not miss ship's movement. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do some reviews here. All right. We don't know anything about anything. So take it for what you want. Heath, what are you drinking? Well, <clears throat> in tribute to what we're doing today, I picked up the Caribbean Hell, what the hell is it called? <laughs> the Caribbean beer, but it's it's made in Scotland. The Caribbean beer made in Scotland. But I'm not a ge- geographic major or geography major, but Scotland's not near the Caribbean. No. But the good thing about this, it is aged in rum barrels. It sounds like a Seven Seas type of situation. There. It's called Blood Red Sky. Oh, okay. Kind of like Sailor Moon stuff. Oh, Sailor's Moon. Who, yeah, Sailor not the Moon. not the cartoon Sailor Moon. Yeah, but the the yeah. Sailor Moon, the Sailor Sky, Sailor yeah. Sky. My bad. Mm-hmm. So it's made by Ennis and Gwyn Brewing in Scotland. Really, I'm a, um, established in 2003. I'm trying to find the alcohol content in it, which I don't see. Oh, there, 6.8 percent alcohol, and it's dark. It's pretty dark, not like Guinness dark, but it's pretty damn dark. It's pretty though. Oh, it's got. Pretty colors. I'm gonna take a sip. Okay, go ahead. It's got a beautiful like black and tan thing going on. Really good. You can taste a, a hint of the rum because really? it was in the barrels, right? So it's really good. It's not strong, not hoppy because it's not an IPA, mm-hmm. but it's a really good, really good beer. Heavy, heavy head on it. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, it's really it's, good. And like I said, it's got the it looks like a black and tan, but it's it's beautiful. It's a pretty beer. Yeah, it tastes good too. Hmm. What are you drinking? Well, you bought me this Bayou Rum, Pride of Louisiana. It's got an alligator on the boat, so you, and the bottle, so you know it's legit. It's legit. It's got a gator uh, on it. It's a special release, single barrel, distilled from a single source, sugarcane, Louisiana Spirits Distillery in Lacassine, Lacassine, Louisiana. Um, so the cool thing about this, and I don't even know, I already opened it, so it's too late, but it's batch number one. Really? Yeah. Uh, 40% alcohol. Bayou rum. Rye hey, barrel selection. I say proof to you and me. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I'm going to open it for everybody here. Just kidding. 
Am I gonna open it? I don't know. Can we open it for you? Stand by. <laughs> Still open. <laughs> Still opening, y'all. Still opening. Does it have a cork? It does. What? That's legit. There we Ooh. go. Hey, that's that's a beautiful sound, isn't it? How long did it take me? I know you were timing me. No, no, I was. It took you like twenty-five seconds, which is way too. Smells buttery. It smells so amazing. So I'm gonna taste it legit first, and then I'm gonna mix it with some tampico because that's what tampico. <laughs> that's what you brought. Mango juice. It's like Mexican tang. But I just want to taste it outright. Um. All right. So super buttery. I think really liked. Is it? Yeah. And I'm really surprised at this because I don't know how long it was aged, but it didn't have a bite. And you know how I don't like you super like long. Bite, but yeah. yeah, I don't know if it's like whiskey because we just learned about these things, but um, <laughs> really, really long legs, but it doesn't give you that burn down your esophagus. So no Kentucky hug? No. Nah, maybe if I drank a little more, but I did just want to taste it how right before I mixed it. Yeah. So I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I just bumped it. I know. Sorry about that. I mean, that's why we said we didn't think hey, this may not be perfect because this segment, we just don't know what will happen. No. We're drinking. We're day drinking. So I'm mixing it with my mango juice. Why don't you tell everybody what you're getting ready to smoke? Well, can I, I'll be honest. I'm not getting ready to smoke this. I'm not allowed to smoke in here. Well, we do have, now that we're in our new studio, we've got some doors that open up. So, well, maybe next time we'll try it. So maybe this time? Next time. Okay, next time. Anyway, this is a CAO Italia. I love this cigar. I smoked it several times. So I do have a fond memories of this cigar. It's uh, made the CAO around the world cigars. I, I might not be what it's called, but they have several. They have Italia, they have Colombian, they have Brazilian. American, uh, they have several different, but the thing about every cigar that tobacco is made from that country. So this is made from Italian uh, tobacco, very sweet, but not overly sweet where it's annoying, but it's sweet, sweet notes. And it's, it's a really good cigar. Highly recommend it. No, sounds and I don't know shit, but I do know that. <laughs> so why don't we get on with today's story? Oh, this is, this is exciting. Yeah. Okay. So I have to do to preface this. We will try to do our own research, but today's research was done by Mr. Daniel Coyle? 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 I think it's Coyle. He wrote The Culture Code, and I was reading this book because it's about building teams, building strong teams, and I was, you know, just looking to get better at my leadership style. And then um, he started telling this story about Dave Cooper. Okay, do tell. Who's Dave Cooper? So, okay, I will. Um, so Dave Cooper um is a, a sailor if you <laughs> yeah and okay. uh, right yeah. well no we could do maybe marines on here too they don't have to be sailors well no we yeah but he's a sailor okay okay so, and so <laughs> he starts out like if you were to seek out the highest performing teams in you know the world you would eventually find yourself in damnit virginia home base for Draper Kaufman's descendants, the 300 Navy SEALs who make up Draper Kaufman, SEAL Team Six, legit badass, SEAL Team Six. So, and he goes on to tell about 
Dave Cooper. And he says, this is the man that you would hear most often remembered for SEAL Team 6. And it's funny because Cooper, he retired in 2012. And he, there was really nothing that distinguished him other than he was in SEAL Team 6, which is top of the top, right? There right. was there was nothing that distinguished him from the other guys. So he couldn't maybe necessarily swim better? Well, no, he wasn't the strongest team member. He wasn't the best marksman. Um, he wasn't, in, in, I mean, nothing, not the best swimmer nor the best uh, combat. In his defense, though, an average player in the NFL is better than most players in the country. Right, right. You know so, what I mean? So SEAL Team 6 is the elite SEAL team of all the SEAL teams. Right, but when you look yeah. at the whole team, you know, there's nothing right. that distinguishes them right. out there. But what he was good at was creating teams. And so a lot of SEAL Team 6 operators um, will speak very highly of him whenever they talk about him. And um, they tell about this story. So um, they, they talk about uh, this one so this one story, and a lot of this stuff is is super classified that they can't speak about. Mm -hmm. But it all started um, one night when they were going from they were going from Bagram to Jalalabad. Where's that at? In the Middle East. Afghanistan. Yeah, Afghanistan. Um, so Bagram Bagram's a big base, yeah, right? right? They had to go to Jalalabad, and um, Anyway, they were talking about one night they had to go there and they had to take this 110 mile stretch to get there. And um, it was populated by bandits and insurgents. Um, but Cooper's commander insisted that they go and he wanted to do it down and back in one day. And so as they started out on this, you know, they had the they always plan. So they had the suburban um, with specially reinforced tires, and they were going to be as fast as possible and stealthy. And Cooper um, had his doubts, but, you know, his commander was his commander, so he followed the rank and right. went along. So first of all, I just took my drink of, a, before we get into the story, I just took my mixed drink sip, and that rum is good by itself, but it's good with some mango juice. What's it called again? Tampico. Tampico. You say it's so beautiful, <laughs> baby. All right. Anyway, back to the story. So this New Year's Eve 2001, mind you, and um, they were going to go make this supply run. Cooper, he had his doubts, right? And he followed his rank and went along. Now, the first miles out of Bagram, things started to go sideways. The road turned out to be worse than expected. It was more like a hiking trail than a highway. I want to clarify that for our listeners when you're when they're traveling in afghanistan it's not like driving in the interstates in america right so they're going through desert and some of these are makeshift roads so 110 miles through afghanistan is totally different than 110 miles through a lower interstate like i-10 or i-20 or whatever right and then you got to think you're getting you're always checking your six because it's covered with bandits bandits people minefields and and everything else yeah, and so it says that the clearance on, on the armored suburban was only a few inches. So they were pretty much crawling down this 110 mile stretch. They reached it all about by nightfall. So 110 miles in our car takes us about what, two hours? Two, two and a half hours, depending on traffic. Right. So it took them all day. And they started from the from the beginning of the day and they reached it all about by nightfall. 
And then Cooper figured they would stay the stay and wait for daylight so they could see what was going on. But the commander was like, nope, we're turning around and driving back to Bagram. And they were gonna complete that mission as planned. And of course, Cooper objected and said it was a bad idea. And the discussion did get heated. He held his ground for a little bit, but his commander pulled rank and- Did he flip him for it? <laughs> flip a collar. Yeah. yeah. His commander pulled rank and, uh, you know, he had to submit. I mean, as so many times happens, right? Right, right. Yeah. And so he climbed back in that suburban and they set off in the middle of the night, head back to Bagram. Guess what? What? One hour later, they were ambushed. A convoy of trucks and jeeps rumbled out of the blackness and surrounded the suburban. Cooper's driver tried to escape, but the reinforced tires blew out. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So they were driving on rims in the dark and gunfire was coming from all directions. One SEAL operator was shot through the leg and he was bleeding. And it was a, uh, this is what Cooper describes it as an unmitigated shit show. I bet he was like, hey, Moss, how you like me now? Yeah, right. <laughs> I told you. Told you so. I'll be the sir. guy in the corner saying, I told you so. Sir, with all due respect, I told you so. Sir, you're a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the SEALs, they had no choice but to surrender because they were being circled and climbing out with their arms raised. Pretty sure they were going to be killed for whatever reason. Cooper said they didn't shoot them. Yeah, I know. That look on your face says everything. Yeah, because uh, I'm surprised they didn't get beheaded. I mean, it's crazy over there. Either they were scared of retaliation or they saw that they weren't much of a threat because they're driving on rims. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, so they, they roared off the road into the dark darkness. They took all their weapons. Um, and then they were able to contact Delta and British Special Forces units, which flew in to rescue them a few hours later. Now, here's where I have a question. Why were y'all driving a daggone suburban when you had... Delta Force and British Special Forces that could fly in there. They're still Team Six. Yeah. <laughs> why, why fly when you can drive? <laughs> yeah, why fly when you can drive on a heavily guarded road with landmines and bandits? <laughs> That's such a better idea. So he says from that moment on, he needed to figure out ways to help the group function more effectively. The problem here is that as humans, we have an authority bias that's incredibly strong and unconscious. If a superior tells you to do something by God, we tend to follow it. So even when it's wrong. Yeah. So knowing this, they get another mission. In the, and I'm just kind of fast forwarding through this war, right? Starting that night in 2001, Cooper set out to build those conditions for his team. And so he, he started telling everybody, hey, it don't matter your rank or whatever. If you see something wrong, you know, you need to speak up. See something, say something. Yeah. Ready to hear the rest of this yeah. story? Yeah. I want pins and needles. I know. After his revelation on the road to Bagram, Cooper spent the next decade leading teams, mostly in the Middle East. And he gradually rose to team, team six highest enlisted rank of command master chief or CMC, like we like to say. Um, which placed him in charge of the entire group's training. In March 2011, he and another Team 6 leader were summoned by Admiral William McRaven, commander of the Joint Special Operations Command, to CIA headquarters in McLean, Virginia. 
Now McRaven got right to the point. We think we found Osama bin Laden. What, what? Right. And then he outlined the plan. Team six operators would fly into Pakistan in stealth helicopters, fast rope into the compound's roof and kill the Al-Qaeda leader. Okay. Cooper listened and his attention drew to one element, the stealth helicopters. He knew they were attractive to McRaven because they were invisible to the radar. However, they had never used these helicopters in combat. So everything was theoretical. Right. So they, I mean, who, who decides to use some brand new piece of equipment that you've never tested in combat situation on one of the biggest, you know, missions of, of the time in 2011, right? Right. Definitely. I mean, you, you never tried it on little smaller missions or even a lot of training. Right. Yeah. And so, of course, he did the, with all, with all due respect, sir. That, that makes it better. <laughs> I would not use those helicopters on this mission. I would plan something else in parallel. And if we can't go with something else, then I'd go with the helicopters. And well, guess what Admiral McRaven said? I don't know what he, what he said. We're not, we're not changing the plan now. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what he said. So Cooper decided to keep pushing. He wanted to get this on the table, sir. I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you what I thought. McRaven raised his voice. We're not changing the plan now. So he bowed up on CMC. No, CMC bowed up on the Admiral. Then, 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 oh, then the Admiral got pissed off and bowed back. Yeah, and yeah. then he bowed back. And so uh, Coop said, in that moment, I was pretty sure I was getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't going to keep my mouth shut. So McRaven kept shutting him down, shutting him down. And the discussion was over. So he walked out of the room fixing a problem. How do you how do you follow an order that carries what you consider to be an unacceptable high risk, right? So he was uh, placed in essence in the in the same position he was in two thousand one from that road to Bob. He was in a debacle. Yeah, he was. So he decided on a third path. Yeah. He accepted the use of the stealth helicopters and also started preparing in case they failed. In the ensuing weeks, the SEALs built replicas of Bin Laden's compound in North Carolina, Nevada, and Afghanistan. In each place, Cooper ran downed helicopter scenarios over and over and over. He simulated crashes outside the compound, inside the compound, on the roof, in the yard, hundreds and hundreds of yards away. And each was the same. Partway through the operation, Cooper would surprise the team with an order. You're going down, now, now, now. And um, the pilots would auto-rotate the helicopters to the ground and they would attack and mock compound from whatever, whatever down scenario he came up with, you know. So he trained to fail. He trained to fail, but over overcome the failure. Over, he trained for failure in every possible failure scenario. Yeah. And um, there were never any right or wrong answers. And they had to do an after action report after each one. What could we have done better? You know, what could we what could we do? And um, they weren't easy so that so he would do them like, you know, sometimes the helicopter would be upside down. And, and oh, wow. yeah, so so he would make every possible scenario or outcome that he could think of. He would make that into a scenario that they practice. And, and even the guys started joking, like, can we 
can we actually like do the plan the way that it's supposed to be done? And he was like, no, we're going to run down helicopter scenarios. So I want to crash it. Yeah. <laughs> On May 1st, the White House sent the order to launch and the two still helicopters list lifted uh, from the U.S. Air Base in Jalalabad. And Cooper McRaven and the other commanders gathered around the screen to watch the drone video feed. Well, in the White House, that was when uh, President Barack Obama was in office and he and his national security team were leaning in and watching the same images that they were watching. And of course, the mission started smoothly and they made it into Pakistani airspace undetected, approached Bin Laden's compound. So the stealth helicopters are working. But the first helicopter attempted to land and they didn't plan for something. They didn't plan that the walls in the compound were going to mess up the downwash. What's downwash? So, that, you know, as a helicopter's landing, it's got lots of downward pressure. Mm -hmm. And with those walls, they have been practicing with chain link fence, but he had solid walls. Solid walls, right. Right. So things got worse. They crash landed in the courtyard, the first pilot did. But he did land on crash landed. Well, yeah. Thanks for running the story. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they, uh, from the story. Spoiler alert. No. Yeah. In the story, you <laughs> yeah. say that they practice crashing the uh, helicopter. Uh -huh. Well, I was going to bring it all together in the end, oh, but sorry. since you did that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, the first helicopter, it landed in the courtyard. So they, they actually hit the wall and tipped it on the side, burying the nose in the soft dirt. Because the commanders never planned for this to happen. Right. But right. Coop did. Right. For three or four seconds, the room was filled with unbearable silence. Because he's a chief. Then they saw it. Team 6 operators pouring out of the down helicopter, just as they had done in the drills, going to work. They got moving and started working the problem. They didn't miss a beat. Once they got on the ground, there was zero doubt. 38 minutes later, it was over, and the entire planet had the opportunity to appreciate the team's skill and bravery. Isn't that cool? cool. Guess where I was? Where? At that time, I was in Danik. Were you over there? You heard people cheering through my barracks. I was trying to sleep. Mm -hmm. You had people cheering. You could hear them cheering because I guess that's when everybody got the word that uh, he had been he had been killed. And it was my birthday when Bin Laden was killed. Really? My birthday. Interesting. Now you and Bin Laden's death day. Sure. The same day. It's a great birthday. <laughs> but it was a sorry son bitch. Yeah. So, anyways, now SEALs, NSW, all of that, they train for failure. And that's true. That's true. Because where I'm at, they train for failure all the time. All they train the time. for it. Isn't that neat? Yep. He, he changed the whole training of NSW. Yeah. They train for failure. So, thank you to, uh, CMC Coop. Cooper. Thanks, Coop. Yeah, that's a great story. Love that story. With that, we'll wish you fair winds and following seas.